0: Hi, I'm, I'm here. Yes, I am. So, <laughs> sort of. So, yeah. You did say you had a bit of a, <laughs> semi, sin- a sinus issue going on. But oh, know, look! we're like way back here, flannel friends, and then we come forward, and then we're way back. Okay. So, enough. Pla- fun with plaid, plaid pals. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. It is the burr months as you have regularly pointed It is the burr months. Out, so.
1: we're in. We're deep into the burr months.
0: And today is a burr day. That's so.
1: true. As Winnie the Pooh so. would say, it's a rather blustery day.
0: Which is a, a much more typical November day than what we've been having when we were hitting 75 a week or so ago. True. So. That
1: that anyway. End, though. Um, so we are technically done with Acts.
0: We are, yeah. So this is, as we're um, looking at this final chapter, which is not written in Luke's account, but we are writing today, This uh, chapter 29, if you will, which incidentally, in case... You're not familiar. There's a church planting organization, a national church planting organization called Acts 29. That's where they get their name. Is we are the, the next chapter in this. So anyway, as we um, as we're looking at it, we we kind of wanted to stop, take a look at. The overall overview, the 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 big picture idea of what's going on in the Book of Acts, and how do we fit into that today? How do we take the principles that are played out here, mm-hmm. uh, all all really in light of Acts one eight, as Jesus uh, gives this—I don't know if commission is the right word—but but, but he, he tells his disciples as he is about to ascend to the uh, to the the Father that. Um, don't, don't worry about times or dates when the Lord's going to restore the kingdom. That's not your business. That's the Father's business. But stick around here in Jerusalem until uh, the Lord, the Father, gives you the, the gift that, that I've been speaking to mm-hmm. you about. And you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And when the Holy Spirit comes on you and gives you this power, then you will be my witnesses and you'll testify for me on my behalf of what you have seen and heard, which is what a witness does in Jerusalem and in Judea and and Samaria and the surrounding regions and then to the ends of the earth and so then we see in in chapter two uh, the Holy Spirit comes on them and everything changes the church is at that point inaugurated Uh, the Holy Spirit no longer comes and goes as in the Old Testament or the under the Old Covenant but as the Son returned to heaven the Holy Spirit came to indwell believers uh, fulfilling what Jesus had said uh, previously in the Gospels that it's better for you that I go. It's mm-hmm. better for you, as as my followers, as my disciples, uh, that I actually leave so that the Spirit can come and, and do His work in you. Which logically is easy to see in that when Jesus was here physically on the earth, He could only be in one place at one time. Right. You know, He's limited by by the human body, uh, and yet the Holy Spirit, not having that humanity. Um, is able to be present in all of us at all times without uh, without departure or delay. So uh, that fulfillment of the Holy Spirit indwelling us changes everything. So now the Spirit of Christ, constantly present in every believer, uh, empowers us to do the things that he has intended for us to do. And that's what we see throughout the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. After chapter 2, uh, we see the impact that, that the reality of Christ in the lives of these believers empowered by the reality of the the person of the Holy Spirit not some impersonal force like Star Wars but but the person of God in the presence uh, in, in the per, uh, let me try this again the presence of God in the person of the Holy Spirit actually living in dwelling in every believer sealing us uh, like a deposit uh, guaranteeing our final salvation uh, his presence in us then does some things and empowers us uh, to be the witnesses that that Jesus called us to be so we see that play out uh, through Peter and John and the 12 in the in the early days and then we see it uh, through the what we'll later be call deacons in chapters 6 seven eight with uh, Philip and and uh, and Stephen, who, who was the first to, to die uh, for the kingdom. And then uh, Paul gets converted in chapter 9, and we see all of Paul's exploits, mm-hmm. and the Gentiles are brought in, and, and the persecution that takes place, and the persecution serves to spread the word, to, to scatter the church, but it doesn't stop or hinder the church. It actually is like uh, when you blow on the dandelion when it goes to seed and everything goes everywhere. It's kind of that effect. So now the seeds of the gospel spread throughout the world uh, into places we don't even really talk about. You know, it it, it continued to go east into Asia, even to the far east, uh, which often gets just ignored in in church history. But um, the reality of the gospel spreading is just kind of overwhelming to look at. And then it abruptly ends in chapter 28 uh, following Paul's uh, shipwreck and and then they continue on to Rome and, and it just kind of ends with Paul's in a rented house uh, with a lot of freedom as a prisoner in Rome and he gets to preach there unhindered for two years. And then that's it. And so uh, <laughs> Luke gives this great introduction to the book, but no closing hmm. because we are continuing the story today. And so that's what we've kind of wanted to look at as we went through it.
1: Um, one thing that kind of stuck with me uh after listening to your sermon on Sunday, and I've—I've I've, obviously we've talked about it for—I don't know—we've been doing Acts for what a year, almost.
0: Uh, yeah, it's been um, this, all of 2020, and uh, which seems like 10 years. but That's true. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's a strange, uh, uh, strange year.
1: Is the idea that uh, Jesus said that uh, you will receive power, mm-hmm. and I think that oftentimes today we don't necessarily. I mean, maybe this is just me. I don't necessarily feel powerful. <laughs> sure. I don't... I. There are times when I think that I feel the Holy Spirit moving, Very. whether it's... Most of the time, I will say it's a very small thing. It's mm. not like this overwhelming presence or an overwhelming need or desire to do something or not do something or be pulled in a certain direction. I feel like most of the time I have to really... <clears throat> listen and be in tune and and pay attention because I feel like it's this it can be this very small pull one mm-hmm. way or another and to know in the back of my head that that is a uh, power that I've been given mm-hmm. is it's it's hard for me to wrap my head around because it, it sometimes just feels a like the the voice itself is is small um, but b it's just me and I'm not, You know, I'm just me. I'm five foot four, and you know, I'm not—I'm not a powerful person. And then we read in Acts um, specifically the things that stuck with me the most were probably uh, about Paul Mm -hmm. and everything he went through. And he does seem just super powerful to me, based on the things that he says. And he is—he isn't. Obviously, we don't know every second of what Paul is thinking. I'm sure he was scared sometimes. I'm sure whatever. Mm -hmm. But the things he says and the things he does do seem you know, not like he's some wizard or anything, but he is firm and strong in what he's saying. And that, to me, seems powerful. And it's very easy for for somebody like me to feel kind of weak and meek and uh, the opposite of that. So I don't know where I'm getting at with this. I just think that the, the idea of the power of the Holy Spirit is interesting to think about in today's world, because I don't often think that most people think of themselves as powerful. Yeah. We think of ourselves as, you know, just a, a cog in the machine.
0: Or we think of ourselves as powerful in ourselves. Right. And, 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 that's so we, what, and we, we think that's what we're extremes. supposed to be. Yeah, the devil loves to keep us in those extremes. The pendulum swings as we keep talking about the, the idea that, you know, he wants us to think that we're powerful enough on our own or swing it the other way. You're not powerful at all and you can't do anything. So, you know, that that idea before we are in Christ very often um, the devil will work hard to make us feel better about ourselves mm-hmm. so that we
1: don't turn, them. don't
0: seek God. Mm-hmm. We, we, we're not looking for something better. We don't, you know, we don't think we need God. Um, and then after we come to Christ, then he'll work to help us feel like we're not good enough. We can't possibly be saved. Jesus doesn't love us the, you know, we're, we're not strong enough to do what's required and so on. Um, and, and it, that same thing happens a lot of times before salvation. There are a lot of folks who are, well, I don't need a savior. Mm-hmm. And then there are other folks who, uh, one of my grandfathers actually kind of dealt with this. I, I know I'm a sinner, but I've done too much. I, mm-hmm. I can't be saved. God, God can't save me. Um, and some who feel too weak and too beat down to be able to, um, to step up and, and, and live a victorious life. So perception has a lot to do with it. You you opened a, a, some pretty significant cans of worms there, a few different ones, and I, I don't know if I'll uh, be wise enough to, to cover all of those as we go through, but I'll do my best. As we're looking at it, some of the things that that just popped into my mind as you were saying it is the difference between having power and feeling like I have power. Mm. It's very much like, and we've talked about this before, uh, the difference between being saved and feeling saved. Very often I I, deal with folks who are concerned because they... Um, they lack assurance of salvation. Well, lacking assurance in your mind, confidence, if you will, is not the same as lacking salvation. It doesn't mean you're not saved, it means you don't fully grasp what that means. And so your foundation isn't strong enough for you to really feel confident. So, um, you know, I think, and you'll, if you haven't already dealt with this with your with your young child, you will as you go forward. So often kids will, you know, you ask them to do something, oh, I can't. Well, yes, you can. That's why I'm asking you to do it. I can't. I've never done that before. Well, yes, but you can. You just haven't. So you don't realize you can. You don't feel confident in it. How do you get them to feel confident? How did you get to the place today where you feel confident as a as a cook or as a baker by doing it a lot? And so as you And
1: messing up a lot.
0: And messing up a lot. <laughs> but but you learn. You know, you don't nobody's born able to do that. You know, we think of people that way that oh, wow, they're just born strong. They're born this way. And that's not true of Paul. That's not true of Peter. That's not true of any of us. Billy Graham wasn't Billy Graham Mm -hmm. until he became Billy Graham. You know, just that's the way it it goes. He was uh, this greatest modern evangelist. Was another person dealing with all the same things that everybody else deals with. And when he was young, he wasn't overly spiritual. He had an awareness, you know, and he was, uh, uh, you know, dealt with all of the things that that a teenage boy or a young college student deals with and the Holy Spirit got a hold of him and changed his thinking and the direction of his life and in the power of that but that wasn't Billy Graham he was he was not a great student he was a good student his average student um, but not known to be this spectacular guy some people just are right so Mm -hmm. there are there are people who are you know and and you were a high achiever in school but you know people who just like they showed up didn't even have to try in their ace things right that's that's annoying to, I, to those who work I hard just, <laughs> I just
1: talked to my mom about that the other day actually and this kind of I think equates to what you're saying I went to when I was in high school I was one of those people I feel I, I looking back I feel like I didn't really have to try that hard except yeah. for in geometry um, but for the most part things came Thank
0: you miss Snyder for mm-hmm. making that better
1: uh, things came <laughs> pretty easily to me I guess for the most part uh, I mean, there were times I'm sure where I felt like, oh, I don't get this or whatever. But for the most, for you know, in most cases, I-, I felt like it was pretty easy. Then I got to college, and I thought, oh, I know nothing. Right. I can't just you know do my homework in five minutes. Uh, I can't just you know watch TV all night because even as
0: a communications it? major. All right, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, not when you're doing mass comm law. <laughs> So, it it was a really humbling experience, but kind of what you're saying, you know, you have to be willing to keep going even if you don't feel like you're good enough <laughs> to, to to get through that.
0: Right. And you've discovered that you are.
1: I still think I'm kind of dumb, but, you know. <laughs>
0: but you have a degree that says you're not. Right. So, as you're as or that going I can fake through it this, I make it. the... The idea that there's a difference between the reality and the perception mm-hmm. is something for us to, to recognize. And uh, again, I keep going back to The Pilgrim's Progress because it is without question in my mind the most significant book in in at least English-speaking Christendom besides the Bible.
1: I didn't realize that was written so long ago.
0: 1678.
1: I really never knew that. In
0: prison. And as you read it, the it's, other than the language, obviously, is a little older, it it could be written about today. I mean, it is just I mean, absolute, I thought it was like a 19th, 20th century book. Absolutely <laughs> astonishing. Anyhow, in Pilgrim's Progress, um, the pilgrim, Christian, is continually battling in his mind mm-hmm. between what is real and what seems real. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happens with us. The devil wants us to, to constantly focus on what seems real rather than what is real. So when Jesus says... You'll receive the Holy Spirit and you'll receive power in in the presence of the Holy Spirit. One of the things that is really important for us to recognize as Christ followers from a biblical worldview is Jesus said it, therefore, it is fact. This is reality. Our present experience may not always bear out in our emotions and our feelings and our perception that, that very true reality. So when Jesus says, you will have power, you have power in the Holy Spirit. But if I don't recognize that, if I don't realize the power that I have in the Holy Spirit, if I'm not aware of what it means to be in Christ, then I'm not going to operate in that. And so I'll perceive a lack of power, even though it's actually there. So if you to to put it into a car reference, because you know, obviously we're such a big car buffs. If you have this massive, awesome engine, the most powerful engine in the world in your car, but they install a governor so it won't go past a certain speed. It can only go so, far, so high, it'll, it'll only rev so far. The power is there, but it's limited as far as your ability to access that power. Our knowledge of the Word of God, our walking by faith, our obedience, when we are limited in what we know of the Word, when we're limited in our willingness to obey, then we are putting a governor on that incredibly powerful engine that God has put in us of his own presence in the Holy Spirit. And
1: what does that do? Because, I mean, you just said a moment ago and you've said before, that doesn't necessarily mean that you aren't saved. Right. But if you go through your life and you're a saved individual, but yet you feel that way, right. that's sad. You're going to have a hard time
0: walking in victory. That's That's for sure.
1: But then you get to, you you know then you you die you get to heaven and and then what you, li- you lived you lived your life kind of in this sad existence
0: and you get to heaven and you realize dang I missed out now I've got eternity of bliss with the Lord but I I missed out on so much so many opportunities that I could have so people will often say there won't be regret in heaven and I think it's I think we need to kind of hedge our our phrasing of that a little bit. It's clear, according to Scripture, there won't be tears and, and pain and mm-hmm. shame and all that. But I don't think that means what we think it means in our You keep opinion. using that word. <laughs> that was in my head, and I was trying really hard not to go Princess Ride. Sorry, I went you. there. No, it's good. I'm glad. It's, you can never go wrong with a 1987 movie. Anyway, just kidding. There are a lot of really bad movies in 1987. A lot of really that bad was, everything in that 1987. That wasn't one of them. That was Everything
1: good came in 1988. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, as uh, as we look at the idea of regret, I think that there will be an awareness of, oh, dang, we, I could have been living in victory for the last sixty plus years if I had if I had embraced this truth. It was already true of me, but I didn't realize fully how true it was. So I I I, I walked in in if I could say slavery in my mind mm-hmm. to something that I wasn't actually a slave to but the sense of regret will not be what we understand now because we will fully know and fully understand we'll we'll see Christ face to face <laughs> so that it will you know that it won't be regret as we understand regret today but I think we will see clearly at that point what we could have been could have lived could have experienced and
1: Are we in, not doing what we're supposed to do then I mean, if, if we are called as Christ followers, saved individuals to make disciples of other people, right. but we're so wrapped up in our own, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. bondage chains that we're not doing that, mm-hmm. then are we missing our own purpose? Yes,
0: for sure. Absolutely. Without any question. So um, if we are not living in, in, in power and victory, then we are we are neglecting... The gift of God, we are neglecting the call of God, and we are very often inwardly focused. When we feel that that self-conscious, uh, oh my goodness, you know, I'm not doing, I'm not doing what I need to be doing. I'm not good enough. When my focus is drawn to that, and when I'm uh, overwhelmed by the word, by the world, I should say, if I'm overwhelmed by the word, I'm going right. to have that. virtue. But <laughs> if I'm overwhelmed by the world and and the fears and the difficulties there, um, and, and I think for the purpose of the conversation the 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 question of whether that is sinful or not is, is probably not as helpful as it is just the, the recognition that I am I'm missing my opportunity I'm missing the glory that God is is wanting he will eventually conform me perfectly to the likeness of Christ but I don't have to I don't have to struggle the same way Without power, when the power is there, I, I think you told me you at some point watched the Supergirl TV series for a minute. Did, mm-hmm, did you watch it? Mm-hmm. So, uh, for the, or if anybody's seen Smallville back in the in the oh, day, wow, that's a real is, throwback. That, that's a that's a good good show. At least early. I didn't see the later stuff, but um, one of the things that I think both of those shows brought out is uh, Supergirl, Kara, in in the beginning in the in the pilot episode of. Of Supergirl, before it gets all socially weird, <clears throat> um, she is already Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Before you ever start the series, she's you know the the opening uh, montage. They tell you the story. She came to Earth from Krypton. She is this alien and has these powers that's innate to who she is. But she doesn't exercise them, mm-hmm. and because she doesn't exercise them, she actually it's not just this. Put on persona of low self esteem and all this kind of stuff. She is she's tucked this power away inside of herself, and she doesn't tap into it. She doesn't avail herself of it. So for years, she hasn't flown or used her powers in in, in some way. She's
1: almost scared of them, right?
0: And so then when she starts to discover it, it's, it's weird. Know, but there's something in her that's drawing her to it. This so is the it, plot
1: line of Frozen too.
0: It is actually <laughs> well, but honestly, not Frozen it, too. It, but frozen isn't it, as well? Isn't that kind of the plot line of love? Life, yeah. that, that so many of these heroic tales, in whether they intend to be or not. This is why I finally gave up on on disliking Harry Potter because of my um, I still don't like Harry my Potter. perception. Well, I never read it. I'm just saying I was I was <laughs> essentially opposed to it from from understanding. You know, you got sorcery, wizardry, all that kind of stuff, uh, and J.K. Rowling is, is is an atheist or would call herself that <clears throat> um so her perspective on life is dr- very dramatically different than mine and so I, I didn't pay attention to it at all like this is wizardry forget about it well so why is tolkien's wizardry stuff why is that different why is lewis's uh magic witches in the story why, why why are they good in this right. bad uh and and so anyway long story short Came to a place where I recognize that in when you're talking about Harry Potter, you're still talking about classic stories of good versus evil, right? And the good versus evil element, regardless of the rest of it of the details, that that is endemic to the spirit to the to the image of God in us, right? So we all identify. That's why heroic tales are throughout history extremely popular. Uh, that's why superhero movies are as big as they are, and now actually well made movies they weren't always but but
1: that's surprising to to think about because still as as jaded as the world might seem we all still like to see good prevail in the end we all still like to see the hero win
0: well and and even you know look at Hallmark movies and and folks who don't like Hallmark movies will make fun of them you know and all that because it's all all the same story and it is and so you know we can kind of Shelly and I were watching a Hallmark movie that we were thoroughly enjoying and and uh, kind of <laughs> placing prop bets. It was uh, I'm trying to remember the. Uh, was it a small I, town well, girl we, and a big? Yeah, seat. I was gonna say. Let me describe the plot to you. <laughs> but but we're kind of like so. Uh, you know, at, at what point then do these two people who don't actually get along then fall in love who and flip stuff, the switch? You know?
1: Right. It's about the hour mark, and
0: that's exactly what she says. <laughs> <said>. so, <laughs> so we're going through this, and and the thing of it is, unlike. Say the Arrowverse, where you know everything. Gosh,
1: that's been like four episodes in a row.
0: <laughs> at some point, everything good is going to blow up, right. or, or anything having to do with Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Right. At some point, all of the good things turn into bad things, right? Right. That doesn't happen in a Hallmark Hallmark movie. Why? Be- because the formula works people actually want to see good things happen people to good can make people. fun we of it all it. you want
1: but year after year especially in the Christmas season it's top of the viewership on right. cable because people people and people know what they're getting right. they know that every story Absolutely. is the same they know how it's going it's to challenging
0: gonna end. to find a new way to tell it but right. but there's there was a really good one on this weekend
1: it. that was different so just uh,
0: anyhow <laughs> so you know the 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 nature of that plot line of 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 the, the hero discovering themselves and so on mm-hmm. uh, is it, very much like what we're talking about here, that, that Supergirl was already, her, her, who she was, was she filled had this with power, power within, right. that she hadn't tapped into. Now humanists and so on, right. we'll take that in a different direction. But when we, as, as sinful people, come to Christ and we receive Christ, he gives us a new identity. John 1, 12 says he gives us the right to become the children of God. The book of Ephesians lays out very clearly uh, and we see this throughout the, the New Testament letters. We actually see it in the Gospels as well when Jesus says in John 3, you have to be born again. The, the point is very much what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that, that uh, if you're in Christ, you're a new creature. The old has passed away, the new has come. And so... The, the rest of, of what we see, and really clearly laid out in Ephesians, is that your identity has changed. It's not that you're the old you with some tweaks. You, the old you died with Christ, and you were raised to this resurrection life in him by the power of the Holy Spirit in you for the first time ever able to live a life pleasing to God. So that's Hebrews eleven six. 6. So it, it, now that we're able to live this life pleasing to God because we have the Holy Spirit power in us, we have to like Supergirl discover what that identity is and embrace that identity so that we can live the powerful victorious life that God intends for us. Go ahead.
1: Does it I feel like maybe it's this is just maybe this is due to things like superhero movies or whatever. It often feels like there needs to be some kind of huge thing that happens. To to, uh, to make you realize this change. Some that is crisis.
0: Or, or, oral no, oral. no.
1: I mean like some... Oh, gosh. How am I going to explain it? Like this big overwhelming moment where you feel filled with the Holy Spirit. Gotcha. Like a big...
0: Or you emerge.
1: Right. Like lights in the sky, angels' choirs singing, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if it's not that, then... It's easier to feel like, well, I don't have that because that's a powerful thing. Yeah, we have, and this is just a small thing. And I I think that has a lot to do with it. Is Mm -hmm. is we've hyped up what that we feel like that should look like.
0: Yeah, we get our human expectations rather than seeing what the what the scripture actually describes. And so uh, it's not that. You don't have moments of that, and right. and I use the parallel of uh, romantic relationships and, and marriage pretty often. Being in love is a lousy reason to get married because it doesn't last. It can't last. Not it, it's not made to last. So passion is passing. Pa- passion is powerful, but it, it's it's temporary. It's it's going to go, come and go, and so people often, um, you know, in in high school and in college <laughs> when we're young and foolish, we, we feel these feelings and this overwhelming rush of emotions. And ah, this is you know this is the person I'm going to be with for the rest of my life. And then next semester it's somebody else. <laughs> so the, the, the feelings can't in themselves be trusted, which is one of the reasons that the devil likes to use them so much. They are worthwhile, they're beneficial, they're real, and they're God-given. We don't want to miss out on that. So I never want to, to, uh, to say emotions aren't worthwhile. But they are not foundational, hmm. so they are reactive. And and as we, um, as we look at realities, emotions can be like the the uh, lights on your dashboard, the warning lights. They can let you know that something is is wrong or or whatever, but they don't necessarily diagnose things well. I just
1: wrote wrote an article about that the other day about... uh, Dashboards? No. (laughs) Uh, I would would be the wrong person to write that. About emotional awareness, Mm -hmm. and I'd never really known what that was. Uh, I mean, I can have an idea, but um, how having a better understanding of your emotions allows you to choose, better choose your response and reaction to something. Mm -hmm. So if you know your warning signs of... I'm going, this is going to make me angry or I'm feeling things that I feel when I get angry or whatever, then you can take a step back
0: to be mentally proactive and right. right. dealing with it,
1: And, and so that makes a lot of sense what you're saying. It yeah. just, it, you, it, I don't think you can necessarily control your, how you feel, but you can control how you respond.
0: Yes. Because there are elements that you do control. Feelings are reactive right. and, and, and they are uh, to, a, to an extent inevitable. Right. Uh, and, They, you don't very well control your feelings. If I put my hand on a hot stove, Mm -hmm. it it hurts. Now I can choose to ignore that. I can, you know, and and we see all the, you know, Eastern mysticism kinds of things of people walking on coals and so on. That doesn't change the reality. It changes how I respond to the reality. So my feelings may or may not reflect reality, Mm -hmm. but they do reflect stimuli. They they reflect the things that are happening in my mind and in my circumstances and I don't get to choose that necessarily, but I do get to choose the thoughts that mm-hmm. I have. How do I think about this? How do I assess this mentally? Do I, do I proactively approach this circumstance, view it through a lens that, that filters out what seems real and focuses in on what is real, or do I just let my emotions run willy-nilly all over my life? That's not a good plan. So, in fact, there are so many illustrations of why that's a bad plan. Uh, that it would take up an entire podcast just to just to list them. But if I choose my thoughts, and I don't choose every thought that pops into my head, I do choose the thoughts that stay in my head. Thoughts are going to come up, and we have used the analogy before, that like a like a, a cultist at your door or a salesperson at your door, you don't control who knocks on it, but you do control who you let into the living room to sit down and, and have a cup of coffee. If I invite... With your new kid, With my new curate. <laughs> if, if I invite negative thoughts, or if I invite uh, thoughts that are not aligned with God's truth to sit and to stay, then my actions will follow that. Mm -hmm. Because my actions follow my beliefs and my thoughts. And my feelings will then come in response to that. So if I want to change my feelings, I have to change my thinking, which Mm -hmm. will then change my behaviors. And in that process, the the tail end of that, the, the tail whip is the emotion. I get to change that by changing what happens up at the front. So that's where we we have that impact. So the difference in people who live with the Holy Spirit's power, Christians I'm speaking of, because if you're not in Christ, you don't have the Holy Spirit in you. But the difference between those who live in the power of the Holy Spirit and walk in victory and those who do not is not that one has more or less of the Holy Spirit. Every Christian has If you have Christ, you have all of the Holy Spirit. The question is, does the Holy Spirit have all of you? Mm-hmm. So in those, in those moments for me as an individual when I'm not walking in, in the Spirit uh, and for those who have a, a, a pattern of life of not walking in the Holy Spirit, generally speaking, what has happened is I stopped diligently studying the Word. I stopped uh, praying and in, in interpreting the Word. I stopped living under the authority of someone else within the authoritative structure that God has laid out for us. Um, I've stopped fellowshipping with other believers uh, who are then making me better, and I'm making them better. I've stopped serving others for the name of Christ. So I'm, I've become self focused. And in all of these things, as I become self focused, I stop growing and I stop learning and understanding what God's promises are. What does God actually say? Not what does some guy on, the, on a podcast say God says, but what does God say in his word? Not what does the tradition of the church teach me, which can be helpful or can be erroneous, but what does the word of God say? And so what I interpret the word of God, uh, by the interaction, the illuminating power of the Spirit of God, then the power of God in my life begins to take more and more hold of me. So what we see in, in the uh, reaction of the believers in the book of Acts is, is what needs to be driving us today. And, and we see this historically as well. Every time the church fails to, to do these things, when, when what drives the early church in Acts fails to be true of the church in history then the church fails to be true to Christ who is its head mm-hmm. and so if we're not true to Christ if we're not being driven by the same things that drove them in the book of Acts then we fail to function as the church and as individual believers we fail to function as children of God as members of this body and again without you know rehashing things because we're already over time we're uh, we are not meant to to just be individual believers. We are individual members of one body. And so we function together. We grow together. If, you know, just the same as if I have my heart working well, but my lungs aren't working, I'm going to die. You know, if if my heart and lungs are working, but my liver's not functioning, I'm going to die. That's not how it works. If, if If I have all of these things working and another part of my body isn't functioning well, I may not die, but I won't be at full capacity. Right. I won't be able to operate well. So we are meant to operate within the body together. So, again, you know, the, the whole point, the core reality that we looked at uh, on Sunday was that the passion, power, and purpose that drove the early church remained the driving force of the church today. And so when we talk about the passion, the passion we saw in the book of Acts is the same passion for believers, for Christ followers today It's the reality of Jesus Christ And his sacrifice for us Not religion, not, you know I'm going to try and find a better path You know, I tried Hinduism and Buddhism And this seems like a better version of that Simon Magus kind of had that idea In Acts 8 Where he wanted to actually purchase The power of the Holy Spirit from Peter And, uh, and Peter condemns him for that But basically you know, He was already working as a sorcerer mm-hmm. This was giving him power and what he saw in the acts of the Holy Spirit through Peter and, and the believers was something that seemed like a better version, a more powerful version of what he was already doing. That's not being reborn. That's, That's not right. repenting. It's not changing. But, but what changed these believers in the early church from those who cowered before the Romans and the Jews to those who were willing to die for it was that it was no longer something that they were aspiring to believe in. It was a reality that they had experienced. They had seen Jesus They had experienced that. They experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. And in that reality, it it drove them with a passion that was bigger than anything else. And and as they focused more on Christ, the rest of the world kind of became dimmer and and faded. And so then the power of the church is the reality of the Holy Spirit uh, in his indwelling presence in us. That it's not, you know, again, it's not the force we're talking about. We're talking about the person of God present in our lives, that's what empowered them and drove them to have strength that they they could not have. And we see uh, many uh, examples of this uh, manifesting, uh, this power manifesting in supernatural acts and Mm -hmm. miraculous healings. But the majority of what we see, and, and I think we forget about this, the majority of what we see of the Holy Spirit acting in the lives of believers was every day standing up being courageous, being obedient, doing things that my flesh won't do on its own. But the power of the Spirit in me does not require speaking in tongues or miraculous healings or or any of those kinds of things. What it requires is the the miraculous change of heart that comes from the Spirit dwelling in me that impacts how I think, how I act, uh, how I love. And, And that increase in love and holiness can only come from the power of the Holy Spirit. It does not come from my own pious righteousness that that has never worked. It never can work. It's not. It's not the nature of things apart from the Spirit in us. And then, with the that passion and that power, uh, we see in the Book of Acts the church living out its purpose. And this is what we need to be doing today. When we as the church live in the passion of the reality of Christ, in the, in the reality of his sacrifice for us, that we're constantly aware of that. That's why we take communion on a regular basis, to remind us of that. When, when we are driven by the power of the Holy Spirit in us, because we are in that relationship with Christ and he dwells in us in the person of the Spirit, then we're able to live out the purpose of the church, which is to reflect the reality of Christ through relationships by the power of the Spirit to the glory of the Father. And everything that we see in the book of Acts Whether it's in hardship or in prosperity, it's all God-focused. You don't see Paul sitting around saying, Woe is me, woe is me. It's, okay, so this situation stinks, but where's the opportunity, where's the gospel opportunity here for me to live out the purpose for which I am left on this planet? Mm -hmm. The reason I am not in heaven right now is because there's work to do here for the kingdom. So as ambassadors for Christ, when we look at everything through the lens of our mission, then it doesn't matter whether we have a sinus headache or we, you know, we've struggled to pay the bills this week or we're dealing with a, a particularly um, unpleasant relationship or we've been betrayed by friends or we you know, are, are celebrating Christmas or weddings or whatever else we're doing. It doesn't matter. All of that then gets focused through the lens of our mission. How can I use this to glorify God to enjoy him forever, and to make disciples of others, so that they can do the same thing.
1: We will stop there. I'm sorry I asked questions that took us all over the place, but no, those
0: are good questions. <laughs> there's there's a lot more to say in relation right. to that, uh, but I think we kind of have a basic idea.
1: If you guys do have more questions, like I said, we're, we've we've uh, we've gone through the whole book of Acts, but uh, we will talk about it some more. If you everybody has questions, feel free to leave us a comment on Facebook or YouTube or send us an email at, at reallifeonline.org or give a, leave us a voicemail at two six nine seven five six 756 rlcc I forgot our area code for a minute. Um, I think those are all the ways to contact us. Too cold for carrier pigeons now. Don't send them out. Um, other than that, we're going to be, not this next week, but the week after we're heading into Advent,
0: I would like to make sure that we tell everybody if you're listening to this podcast on whatever your podcast platform is but especially on iTunes since that's the biggest and, and, and most influential but whatever your podcast platform is uh, go in there make sure you, you rate us and, and preferably positively but but, but just get, get a rating in there get a comment uh, subscribe to it so you get it all the time uh, because that influences the algorithms and helps distribute the word of God
1: um, and if you're completely. if you're watching uh, the video version of this on Facebook or YouTube, uh, on YouTube you can like and subscribe to our channel. That'll also get you the uh, live ser- live streamed sermons on Sunday.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, on and if fa- you hit that notification bell, then you'll you'll get to see it every right. time you contact. That is
1: notification on. bell. Yeah. Um, and yeah, on Facebook you can share share this video with your friends, family. Have a good time. Indeed. Uh, and we will stop there. But yeah, like I said, in a couple of weeks we're starting Advent. Yes. That's always fun.
0: Yes, and. This next week, we've got a a guest speaker coming in to uh, to deliver the teaching. Am I going to talk to him next week? I don't know. That would be great if we can. We'll see what we can come up with.
1: All right. Well, thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you next time.